Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Kenz as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or Mac and Kenz your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the For The Girl podcast. My name is Mac. I've got Ken's here with me. Hello, hello. We are so excited about today's episode. We've taken a few weeks off, but we are back better than ever and ready to podcast. We are actually podcasting. Ken's is in her little camper on the road right now. <laughs> yeah. Are you currently on the freeway, on the highway, <laughs> Route 66? Oh my gosh, no. We are in Arizona, but we did go through Route 66. It was really funny. So yeah, we're out here. A little nervous about the Wi-Fi, but it's looking pretty good. Looking pretty good I, out here. I think we're doing okay so far, which is nice. Um, so it is a fun little season in For the Girl right now. Yes. Ken's is traveling, and uh, I just got married, and we just released a new book. Our John study. I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't, you got to head over to our little Instagram and check it out. We've got some new merch. We had our little Hallelujah hoodie that came out a couple weeks ago. And then this week, the new t shirt is killing me with how cute it is. I'm currently wearing it <laughs> under the sweatshirt. Yes, it's so fun and bright and summery. The flower is so cute. I love it all. I really needed a new like tea. I've been wearing the same one from our last launch like every single night. How many nights in a row do you wear the same t shirt? You know, I wear the t shirt to bed and then I just usually. Like I have this bad habit. Whatever I slept in, I typically wear to work in the next day because <laughs> I just work bad. from home. So like literally I slept in this t-shirt last night and then still have it on. And I usually don't get ready until like after a workout. Oh, and that's when I get ready. Yeah, so. I get that. I get that. Yeah. I always wonder what's appropriate to like, like when you should wash a t-shirt that you Your slept sleep in. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. This is like such a cute sleep shirt or just such a cute like beach cover up. I mean, this t-shirt is one of my favorite things we've ever had. It's adorable and I love it and I'm going to be rocking it all summer long. So you got to go check it out on our website. I think it's called like the Miracles Tea. I don't really know what the name <laughs> of it is, um, but it's really cute. Head to our website for the girl. And yeah, the new study on John, uh, we are really encouraging women to pick one of our studies and to do them within the context of community, to lead a group, to gather a girlfriend and meet at a coffee shop every week and go through one of the studies. And if you haven't been able to find that yet, we invite you to head to our website and grab the John study because we are going to be kind of making our next six podcast episodes all around the John study. So we won't necessarily be like rehashing everything in the John study, but the John study is going to inspire our next six conversations. And we're going to be jumping into some topics that the scripture really informs. And then we're going to be adding our own fun flavor to them. So it might feel like you're doing a Bible study with us this summer through the book of John, which is <laughs> really fun, a nice alternative, yeah. you know? Yes, I'm so excited. I really love there's like definitely some new conversations that we haven't had or at least haven't had in a while. So I'm super excited to talk about that. And oh my gosh, just the scripture as I was preparing for this season, like I'm just like realizing once again how like applicable the gospel really is to our everyday lives. Like I really believe yeah. that this season is going to be so applicable. And the craziest thing is it's coming like directly from Jesus in the life of Jesus. He has all the best tips and tricks. So I'm just excited <laughs> to relay that with you all. It's going to be so good. But yeah, you have to get the book to like really dive into the word on your own. This is just going to be extra. Yeah. So even if you're not studying John with us, I think these conversations will still be super applicable. And today's conversation to kick things off is going to be for the girl discerning her calling. And this is a big one. We get a lot of questions anytime we do a question box about how do I know what I'm supposed to do? Like, what is God calling me to? And I'm really excited about this conversation that we're going to dig into in a little bit. 
But before that, we thought it would be fun to change things up for this season and answer some of y'all's most asked questions. And so we're going to be asking you guys to send in questions all throughout the next couple of weeks. We're going to pick some of our favorites and answer three of your most asked questions at the beginning of each podcast episode. Some are going to be fun. Some are going to be serious. Some are going to be goofy. But I have pre-selected our questions for today, Ken. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm really excited about this. So my first question that we are going to be answering is, number one, what is your go-to karaoke song, Kent? Oh, my go-to karaoke song is that Carrie Underwood song. Um, Story of my life, searching for the right. But it keeps up some to me. Is that Carrie so, Underwood? Oh, wait. I'm so sorry. Not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's oh, like no. Rihanna, right? No, I meant to say Rihanna. I meant to say Rihanna. Said, how, did, <laughs> how did you confuse Carrie Underwood and Rihanna? Literally, I, I, I don't, don't understand know. what happened in your brain right there. <laughs> I wish they were both the American Idol contestants or something like but that. But they're not. They're not. Okay, I'm so sorry. Why did that come out of my mouth? Okay, yes. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay, <laughs> and this is Rihanna, but I love that song. What is it called? Unfaithful. Unfaithful. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. Don't have many karaoke moments, but probably just like it, like singing. Like I remember when I was young. That was like the thing we'd be like shouting out with our friends, but that's embarrassing. Okay, wait, what about you, Mac? Um, my go-to is I I would say probably a Carrie Underwood song because like of <laughs> uh, my country music roots. True. And so like before he cheats, something like that. But I also love Natasha Bedingfield Unwritten. I think mm-hmm. that is like just the most fun song to sing ever. So that one, or um, I want to dance with somebody. Ooh, I want to dance. Oh, that's good. That's a good one too. Oh my gosh! Showing so. off your vocals there, Mac. I see. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. Great. Love it. Ken's next question that I want to dive into is: How do you practice Sabbath? So, what does Sabbath look like in your life, and maybe in you and Josh's life? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Well, I'll be honest, we probably don't have like the most intentional Sabbath. And that's something that I think I want. Um, It's one of those things anytime I like hear a good message or hear somebody who does the Sabbath really well, I'm like so inspired to do it and then kind of drop the ball. Um, I think that's kind of, yeah. uh, but sure. I will say like uh, Sundays for us um, are super restful and really protected as far as like social plans go and just like work goes and laboring goes. Like we really try to, um, keep Sunday simple. And uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest like thing um, for me. Like it's hard to say no to plans. Like sometimes it's really easy to be like, oh my gosh, I do have that night open on Sunday, but just be like, no, that's not really the best. I want to spend time resting. So yeah, it looks like time in the word, long walks, um, going to church, having quiet moments with Josh, preparing my heart for the week just listening to the Lord. But yeah, really kind of not that structured, but definitely simple and intentional. That's good. I like it. Keep Sundays simple. That's like a good little thing just to remind yourself when you're going into that. I was like, this is my day to keep it simple and to not overdo it and to really just have that space to rest. So I like that. I think that's good. Uh, Um, Yeah. Are you going to answer the question? Yeah, I would say that same, like I've never, and I've been through so many random seasons of life recently that it's been really hard to like really set routine and rhythms. Um, We have been home for a total of one weekend since we got married and we were both sick. So we, we did a lot of Sabbath, honestly, (laughs) when we were sick, (laughs) too much maybe. Uh, But yeah, I think that having that day where uh, you can really focus on, I think the things that you know nourish your heart and draw you closer to the Lord, those are the 
the best way to do it. And so I think that looks different for every person. I think that's one thing I've learned in Sabbath over the years is you hear these preachers who are amazing at Sabbath and they talk about what they do and you're like, okay, let me go recreate that in my life. And Mm -hmm. it just probably won't work for you. Um, And so I think realizing that the things that rest you and the things that draw you close to the Lord are going to look so different than anybody else's. Like Mm. I know for us, like we put, we love to play pickleball, but pickleball is so fun for us because it's so restful, even though it's a physical activity, it's super restful. And for my mind, like I'm able to like shut off my mind and not think about other things. And it like draws Tyler and I closer together and draws us closer to our family and things like that. And so that's really sweet. And then pairing moments like that with, yeah, going to church, having like prayer, intentional prayer time together, walks, things like that. So yeah, I think we're both excited to create more of those rhythms now that we're like married and home more and not traveling as much, not yeah. planning a wedding. And so I'm excited about creating what that can look like for us. Cause I don't think we know yet, especially as a couple, what, what that looks like. Yeah, so that's so good. Yeah. I think it's important to be like just intentional with your time. It's so simple, but a lot of people don't do that. They're like, okay, like I'm just going to let like Sunday happen to me. And then they let the whole week happen to them. And if you can like really be diligent about like planning it out and being disciplined and making room for things like this, it's really good. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, Amazing. That was only two questions. I got to ask one more. So we'll move really quick for this. I thought that was number three for some reason. Okay. The third one I wanted to answer was, uh, we'll do a fun one since we don't have much time. Who would be your celebrity best friend, Ken's? Uh, Other than me. (laughs) Not that I'm a celebrity. I don't know. Do you have one? Do you have one? I'm not good at celebrity stuff. I don't... My celebrity best friend. Um, I feel like I'm still, this is like so funny, but like I have for years and years loved Hilary Duff from Lizzie McGuire. And I feel like she's kind of having a comeback right now. And I watched this video of her like showing off her home the other day. And I thought to myself, I think we could be friends. I like (laughs) Hilary Duff still to this day. Uh, Yeah. I feel like a lot of people do like her. She's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm a big fan. This isn't a real celebrity, but if you guys follow Jesse Itzler, he's like this, like really, he's kind of a boy. Yeah. A boy. A boy. We, we are. We don't have boyfriends. (laughs) Okay. Who are you? Okay. Yeah. That's for another time. We don't really love like the boyfriend thing, but okay. No. What? Okay. This is just like, he's like an adult married man. And I just, I think it'd be like funny to be like, not that. (laughs) <laughs> oh my answers are so weird on this. <laughs> okay, but no, I was just like he'd be a fun friend, and all, he's an adult married man. But it's just funny. He's like, he's like this. He runs like a ton. He's a big runner. He's just like so crazy. He's I don't know. You have to follow him on Instagram now. He's a big health guy. He's just like a hot mess of a person though. And I feel like it'd be really fun to be in his circle because you would just be amazed at him all the time. He'd be really inspiring. Friends should yeah. be inspiring. So that's my that's why. Okay, he's a forty five year creepy man. But <laughs> clearly, you're just destined for me to be your best friend. You have no <laughs> other options but weird ones. Okay, I don't even know. <laughs> my second would be Alex Seely. She is like she's a pastor at the Belonging, and she is so legit. So that's my second answer. Okay. Okay, that's good. I like it. Okay. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. So those were fun three questions. If you have other questions, submit them to us because we want some good, juicy, you're not juicy, but just like out there weird questions. We love to answer the weird ones. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Okay. Well, we are going to jump into our first conversation around John um, and let's get into it. Okay, everybody is always asking Ken's and I, where do we get our gold jewelry from? We're both huge fans of just, you know, those cute little dainty gold necklaces. You guys know I love my gold hoops, all of the things. And we have a new 
favorite business to get our gold jewelry from, and that is Susan Shaw. They are an incredible company with some of the most unique and beautiful pieces. They have tons of gorgeous gold jewelry. I love looking through their website. And one of our favorite things is they have so many amazing cross pieces that, you know, they're not lame. They're really cute. And I feel like you can find one that fits any style, uh, no matter what your style is. If you're more cool girl vibes, if you're more preppy girl vibes, if you're more girly girl vibes, we think that you'll be able to find the perfect piece of gold jewelry even silver if you're a silver girl, um, to fit your wardrobe. So we actually have a code for you guys. So you can use our normal code FTGFAM, FTGFAM as in family, to get a discount on their website. You just go to SusanShaw.com, shop around, and let us know what you get because we will definitely be supporting and definitely be sporting some of our favorite Susan Shaw pieces. So Head to their website, shop, and we can't wait to see you in your new Susan Shaw jewelry. Okay, so we are jumping into this conversation. We are going to be jumping into John 1 today a little bit. And we're in the first chapter of John, kicking off the study of John, but we're really going to be talking about discerning your calling. And Mm -hmm. I feel like because we have so many women in this community who are maybe in college, post-college, and they're just in that season where they're trying to figure out, what am I supposed to do with my life? (laughs) What is God calling me to? What does this look like? And This is just one of those questions that I feel like Kenzie and I do get asked all the time. And to be totally honest, it feels really daunting to answer it. I'm always (laughs) like, I have no clue. Like, I don't know how you should go and discern what you're supposed to do. So that's why I'm so happy that we are doing this not from the brains of Mac and Ken's, that we are going to scripture, we're looking to the life of Jesus, and we're looking at what did it look like when Jesus called people? What did that actually look like? So I think it's going to be a really cool conversation. Um that we're going to jump into in a second. But I have like four main points that I kind of want to dive into today that come from the scripture, um, come from just like some some things that I've really used and trusted throughout my life as well. But -hmm. before we jump in, my my first one is just more of like a, it's going to set the tone of this conversation. And then uh, then we'll dig into the scripture. But the first thing that I want to say to everybody and just take this in, Take a deep breath, and I'm going to tell you this. Number one, your calling isn't that special. <laughs> ah, wah, wah, wah. Um, it's so funny. I think that calling has kind of become this like cultural buzzword thing, you know, like, what's my calling? What was I created to do? What is my purpose? And what I know and what we know as followers of Jesus is that we all have the same purpose. There is not much uniqueness at the base level of it. We all have the same calling. And when I look to... um the calling of the disciples, which is what we're going to really be digging into. I want you to notice like some similarities in all of them. When you think about the way that Jesus called each of the 12 disciples to himself, the first thing he did was that alone. He called them to himself. So the first part of your calling, and this is why it's not unique. This is why it's not special, is that the first part of your calling is a calling to Jesus himself, to growing with him, to knowing him, to loving him, to walking with him. And it's through that day in, day out, out pursuit of Jesus, that the more nuanced pieces of your calling are unveiled and Mm -hmm. are revealed. And so that's where it starts. That's why it's not that special is like, my calling is the same as Ken's calling. I am called to Jesus. I am called to day in, day out pursuit of Jesus. That was the common denominator in the calling of every single one of the disciples. Um, mm-hmm. That was the first thing. They, Jesus said, hey, come and follow me. Come and walk with me. Come and do life with me. And then the rest of it will be revealed. And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes culture, we, we overcomplicate it and we're like, I have to figure it out. What is it that I'm supposed to do? And Jesus mm-hmm. is like, come to me. 
come to me. And when you come to me, I will reveal all of those things in time. Mm. And then Jesus's last moment with all the disciples was the same as well. The first moment was come to me. And then the last moment was the sending. And that was the great commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And we all have that same calling as well. And so yeah, that's why I say your calling isn't that special is <laughs> because the first is Jesus calling you to himself. And then it is that calling that we all have that is the same to go and to tell people about Jesus, to tell people about what he has done in our life. And I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. And rather than looking at our calling through that lens, we kind of go, oh, OK, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. But like, am I supposed to be famous? Am I supposed to be like a big deal? Am I supposed to be major in this, God? We kind of obsess over that rather than really soaking into this idea that Jesus has called him to himself first, called us to himself first, and then also called us to go and tell other people about him. And the vehicle which we use to do that is going to look so different for each person, but that matters less than that first calling, the one that is to himself and then to go and tell other people about him. Yeah, that's so good. As soon as you said that, I feel like I just felt like a big release, like a release of like pressure. Like I just think that our culture or we've been taught and trained through school and people and conversations and all this to have so much, there's so much pressure to figure it all out or come up with this brilliant idea Um, and so, yeah, it's really like relieving to hear that really all that Jesus wants from us is to be with him and to follow him. And that's like the best first step. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've like fixated on this, like fixated and obsessed over like coming up with a brilliant calling and it doesn't (laughs) do any good. Like it really doesn't. You can't just sit there, obsess and fixate. And it's not just, it's not going to happen that way. Like it really won't. I've been in so many seasons where I've done that and it's truly and honestly just wasted time, wasted energy um, because you're chasing after nothing, things without a purpose and things detached from, uh, your calling, which is simply to be with Jesus. So I think it's a great place to start. And I think we have to be in this mindset to be able to even barely discern what what God's calling <laughs> us to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that it's just a, a cool place to start taking off like the glamorous view of your calling mm-hmm. and almost like starting from scratch and going, Hey Jesus, I don't want the world's view of a calling. I want your view and I want your perspective. And so I think just asking for Jesus to do that in your heart and life is such a great place to start when you are trying to discern your calling. And so that's why we just wanted to start there. And um, now I want to turn and open up your Bibles if you have it with you. Uh, So we're going to be in John 1, and I'm going to just read verses 35 through 38. So Ken, got your Bible? I know you were prepared. I got it. So John 1, (laughs) starting in verse 35, it says, The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. So this is John the Baptist. So Jesus, John the Baptist, they meet in John 1. There's this whole moment where John is like, this is it. This is Jesus, the Messiah. Um, And so it says, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So this is two of the disciples. We'll learn who they are later, but for right now, just know this is two of John's disciples who start following Jesus. And I love this. Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? And I don't know about you, but I read that question and my mind is immediately like, why is Jesus like, what do you want? Like, what do you want? Why are you following me? Mm -hmm. But I think if we think about that question, we put that in perspective of who we know Jesus to be. I imagine that question was a little bit more softer than I would have imagined it. But Jesus asking, what do you want? Why are you following me? And I think it's Mm -hmm. really important for us to ask ourselves the same question 
question. When it comes to discerning our calling um, and we're saying, Jesus, I want to do your work. I want you to give me a purpose. We have to allow God to search our heart and be able to ask ourselves, what is it that we want? What is it that we're seeking when it comes to our calling? Because I think if a lot of us got really honest with ourselves, we are Mm -hmm. seeking things outside of Jesus through a calling. Maybe we're seeking fame. Maybe we're seeking wealth. Maybe we're seeking popularity or acceptance. And we think if we could just have a really cool, glamorous falling, then we would finally get those things. But the truth is, if you are following after anything but Jesus through your calling, Mm-hmm. You will go down the wrong path. Like there's just no way around it. You will go down a path that will lead to destruction. You will go down a path that will lead to emptiness and brokenness because you're chasing something <laughs> that will not fulfill and will not mm-hmm. fulfill like Jesus can. And so I think it's really important. And especially as believers, especially as people following Jesus, I think like sometimes we have call or we, we declare call callings of our life that sound really good. Like Mm -hmm. I want to be a writer or I want to be a a teacher or a speaker. And they sound really good because on the outside, you're like, I want to tell people about Jesus. But deep down, it's because your heart is craving affirmation or your heart is craving uh, to be noticed or to be valued. And rather than, I think, starting with those places, we have to empty ourselves of kind of our own desires, empty Mm -hmm. ourselves of that, and really ask Jesus, like, Jesus, will you search me? Will you know me? Will you help me to discern anything within me that is not of you? And let me empty that out of my heart before I ever go and try to discern what it is that you're calling me to do, the vehicle that Mm -hmm. you're asking me to use to tell other people about you. Mm, yeah, that's really, really good. My translation, I don't even know what translation I'm reading right now, but it says the question <laughs> instead of what do you want? Um, in verse 38, it says, what do you seek? So it's mm. maybe want, what are you wanting? What are you seeking after? Like, and if you can just right now, if you're in the middle of discerning, if you can I actually pinpoint some of those things, like for some of you, it really might be like, and I've heard so many people who are like, yeah, I want to be a teacher, author, speaker, like some of these glamorous things um, is what they want or what they seek. Some of you guys that might be not that maybe it's maybe you're like, oh, no, I'm good. Like, I, I don't want those like stage moments or anything glamorous, but maybe but it's still so important to identify what that is. Like, what are you wanting? Mm-hmm. What are you seeking? Glamorous, not glamorous, big or small and put it all out on the table. Empty yourselves of those things, because whether they're glamorous or not, they're they might be our own desires and maybe not what what what. God wants for us. And they might be, but they might not be. So it's important to lay it out, empty ourselves. Like that really is step one. I love that. I think it's, it's so important. And we probably have so many little underlining narratives and things that we've just always thought or been taught that we've just never truly addressed. So we got to uproot it all, which is so cool. Yeah. And I think that everybody is, yeah, craving the glamorous things. I think for some people, it might be comfort, security, you know, like maybe you want to be um, a teacher because you know, there is job uh, (laughs) stability. (laughs) You know that you will always be able to get a teacher job or whatever it is. And maybe that is a thing that is preventing you from following Jesus in a more authentic way and allowing Jesus to call you to do the crazy and the impossible things. And so no matter what it is, I think there's something in each of our hearts that we have attached some of our own desires to our calling. Um, and those might be preventing us from being able to more authentically follow and walk with Jesus into the things that he's calling us into. So I think yeah. that's really good. Yeah, that's so good. Um, Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about when it comes to calling. So if you continued reading in John 1, you read about the calling of several different disciples. Um, So we already heard about those two guys that were following Jesus. um, And we find out later that one of them is Andrew. Um, 
And Andrew just had that one moment with Jesus where Jesus is like, what do you want? And they're like, where are you staying? We're going to come follow you. And he goes back to his brother, Simon. And he's like, Simon, this is it. This is the Messiah. So, you know, all it took for Andrew was like one little encounter with Jesus. And he was in, he was ready. He was like, I'm following this guy to the ends of the earth. Um, Then we know for about Simon, Simon is... Peter, Simon Peter. And for him, it took a little bit more convincing. He had to kind of witness uh, Jesus's power through a miracle before he was ready to surrender at the feet of Jesus. And then also in John 1, you read about Nathaniel. And Nathaniel doubted Jesus at first and kind of held him at arm's length before deciding to follow him. He kind of scoffed at Jesus being from Nazareth. Okay, guys, as most of you know, I just got married, and leading up to the wedding, I was all on my fitness game, going to the gym, and one of my favorite ways to complete a workout was to come home and make a smoothie in my Nutribullet. For those of you who don't know, Nutribullet is the easy-to-use, easy-to-clean, affordable blender. I personally have the Nutribullet Blender Combo, which is the most versatile Nutribullet because it allows you to effortlessly switch between single serve and full size blending. So I can either make a smoothie for just me or for both Tyler and I. And this is really cool. Nutribullet's dietitians have estimated that it costs only $1.60 to make a smoothie in your own home, while the average cost of a store-bought smoothie is $7. And so I'm on that newlywed budget, so you know that we are going to be making a ton of smoothies at home in our Nutribullet. So for the girl fam, you have got to go to Nutribullet.com and use our promo code FTGFAM, that is F. TG, all caps, FAM, for 20% off your order. Once again, that's Nutribullet.com and use promo code, all caps, FTG, FAM, for 20% off. Let me tell you guys, if you don't have a Nutribullet in your kitchen, you are missing out. Um, and maybe that's been your your story, your journey. You weren't sure about following Jesus at first, but uh, eventually you said yes and decided to follow him. And um, I love as we read the story of each of those disciples that their calling was the same. Like this, remember, Jesus called all of them to himself. And then we know through the Great Commission that they were all sent to do the exact same things. But how they exercised that looked incredibly different. So I know we started with number one, (laughs) that your calling isn't that special. Now I want you to really know and understand that it's going to be so unique and it's going to look so different how you exercise and how you walk out that calling. We know through the book of Acts that even though all of the disciples were left with the same great commission, they walked that out incredibly different. Um, So different. And that's so beautiful and so good. And I think what's really almost bogging us down in Christian culture these days is how we've lost a little bit of our creativity with these callings. (laughs) We think that my calling needs to look like the girls on social media's calling. Like Mm -hmm. I need to walk out my love for God the same way that, you know, the 10 girls on my social media do. And we've lost a little bit of that unique, special ways that God wants to use us. And so I really think comparison is is the thing here that is almost preventing us from being able to step into some really unique and beautiful callings, some really unique and beautiful things that haven't been done before, that haven't been exercised before. And I think that there could be something really cool if you would begin to get, again, get honest with yourself and identify whose calling have you been trying to steal and call (laughs) your own calling, you know, like whose calling have you been trying to like recreate in your own life and almost lay that down at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't want anybody else's path. I want you to pave a new path for me to walk down and to trust you and to abide with you step by step. And I think this has been really cool. And something, Ken's, you and I have learned a lot about <laughs> our own journeys. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause 
gosh, we've kind of been called to uh, the same thing together in it. But the way that we've done it has been so different. Um, Like our personalities, what we bring to it, um, the way we've approached it. And even just like the timeline for us outside of in our lives and in our growth has just looked so different. And yeah, I think this is really where the buzzword of comparison really comes into play. Like, and comparison, as we know, like strips us of all joy. It confuses us. It like makes things really blurry for us. And so, yeah, I think like this is really, really good. Like we have to realize, and I love as you read scripture that it's different for every one of the disciples. Like it's like a different process, it's different seasons. It was a different timeline. It was a different emotional response. It was a different journey for every single one of them. And the same goes for us. Like it's going to be different and it should be different. Um, And when we stop comparing and we release that and try not to like look like the same, it's funny that we try to like copy and, um, do what other people are doing. It's just not going to work that way. So gosh, we're at our best. I see even in our team, like our team, our, our staff is at their best when they are living out their calling, um, uniquely and personally. And when we all try to be like each other, it just never works. So yeah. Yeah. So good. That's so good. So good. You know, I was thinking about today, we were, Ken's and I were in a meeting with somebody earlier today and um, you said something, we were giving feedback to this person. It was like a review for someone who works with us. And uh, Ken said something to them about like, hey, I think when you're stressed about something, you just need to laugh more. Like, I think you just need to laugh it off. <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking about it and I thought to myself, I would never in a million years come up with that in my brain. Like <laughs> never in a million years. Could I come up with that? But in my head, I was like, that was such good advice. Like, that is so good. And I just am so thankful that Ken's doesn't try to be me, you know, that she brings her own flair to that meeting because I think then it gives me permission to bring the things that only I would come up with in my head that she would never come up with. And Mm -hmm. I think there has been a lot of times in my ministry in earlier years where I tried too hard to be like somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I ended up stifling the things that were unique that I needed to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And so it's fun now. I think Kins and I have both gotten really comfortable of like, we do things our own way and we are okay with that and we are cool with that and we can celebrate that in one another um and so i think just like get confident with the ways that god has uniquely gifted you and don't squash that by trying (laughs) to recreate the calling of somebody else yeah it's so true i also think like we tend to when we're confused about our own calling or insecure in it, we start to judge other people too. Like we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's like that or the way she responded to that or why is she waiting so long for this or that? And I can't think of, talk about wasted time. Like that is wasting time from your calling. Like I feel like the Lord cannot speak to you or call upon you or get in there when you are so caught up in, and seriously, this could be your quiet thought life, like when you're by yourself, or it could be in conversation with people. Like if you really want to tangibly see this play out, like, yeah, stop comparing, but also stop judging. Um, Just give people a little bit more grace and understanding and realize like it does look different for every single person. Um, It just really does. So yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I found myself like in that place before too. (laughs) And it just doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Really good. Okay, so we've talked about how your calling isn't that special. Um, We've talked about how you have to ask yourself, what do I want? Like, what am I seeking in uncovering my calling? We've talked about how your calling is going to be so unique at the same time. It's not going to look like anybody else's. And now I want to give you some practical things to really begin reflecting on and and processing with the Lord to help you really begin to uncover or discern maybe that specific, unique way that God might want to use you. Um, And 
I want to just start with a piece of scripture. This is Ephesians 2.10. It says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, and this verse gives me so much like hope and encouragement when it comes to callings. Number one, knowing that like you and I are God's workmanship. Like we are the the creations of the greatest creator ever. And we are modeled in the image of Jesus, in the image of our Lord Jesus. And so those are two really good things. Like you and I are something special. Like we were created by the creator, the greatest creator of all time. And we were made in the image of Jesus. So there's so much within us that is untapped potential that God wants to use. And I love that second part that says God prepared in advance for us to do. God has set apart something for you to step into. And I don't know about you, but I do think we should be curious to uncover that. And we should be like seekers of that, like always on the lookout for what God might want to do through us. And so these are just three things that you can begin to process with the Lord. Um, Tyler and I have recently been obsessed with Tim Keller. We're all about Tim Keller right now. Um, <laughs> we just read his book, The Meaning of Marriage. It's amazing. If you're getting married, you should definitely read it. But I found this article that Tim Keller wrote on discovering your purpose, and he he gives these three things. And so he's way more wise than I am, way smarter than I am. And so I thought we could dig into these three and then Ken's, you and I could put our own spin on them. But Mm -hmm. um, three things to think about when it comes to discerning what your calling might be. Um, And all of these three questions are things that you're not going to do by yourself. These are questions you're going to literally take to the feet of Jesus and discern with God. Um, Because remember, God prepared these things in advance for you to do. So trying to do them on your own and discern this on your own, worthwhile, like not worth your time. You got to do these things with God, discern them with him. So yeah, the first thing, the first question, and this is um, affinity. So the first thing you're going to ask yourself is what people needs, what needs do I resonate with the most? And so the first step in the process, I think sometimes we think I need to look inward. Like I need to see like, what am I good at? Like, what, what should I do? Where I think the first thing we're called to do is to look out, look around us. And what are the needs that we constantly feel ourselves drawn to? Like what people needs are you passionate about? Like what, you know, thing that you hear about causes you deep emotion, makes you like cry when you hear someone tell a story about it, or makes you just like ooze with excitement. Um, I think about my own journey, Ken's, you and I's journey was like when I was a college freshman, um, the need that I resonated with most was the fact that I was lonely and needed friends and there were people around me that were lonely and needed friends. Like that was the thing I resonated with. Like I'd gone my entire freshman year having friends, but not really feeling like I had those deep Christ-centered friendships, the people that I was really doing life with. And so going into my sophomore year, that was a need that really resonated with me. I don't know if I fully named it at the time, but it really resonated with me. And so that was literally the first thing that led to now what we're doing 10 years later was Mm -hmm. recognizing that need and saying a yes to that. So the first question is just being able to say, what people needs do I resonate with? Affinity, like what are you drawn to um, when it comes to what people need around you? The second is then that ability. So this is like, what are the abilities? What are my abilities and deficiencies? What are the things I'm good at? What are the things I'm not good at? And this is when you do start to look in. Um, so if I've been able to recognize like, hey, what's the need now? What am I good at that could speak to that need? And just back to my our own story, like for me, I was like, you know what I'm good at? I am good at, I've always been pretty bold and pretty like, <laughs> just like, I'm just not really afraid of much. So I was like, you know what? I'm pretty good at like, inviting a couple people to do something with me. And so that's when I went to Ken's and was like, Ken's, Want to start a Bible study with me? Like, I need this. You do need this. Should we do this? And so at that point in time, I could not have told you that I was a good speaker, a good teacher, a good writer. None of those things. I was not good at those things at that time. (laughs) 
But what I was good at was being bold and not being afraid to ask my friends to do something with me. And so that led to that next step in the process. And then number three, opportunities. This is huge. I think oftentimes we miss this when it comes to discerning our calling, being able to look around, to look up, to look out at the world around you and to say, where does the community tell me I'm needed? Or what do the leaders that are around me or what do my friends believe is the most strategic kingdom need around me right now? Like, what is the thing that nobody else is stepping up and doing? And at that time, there was not many campus ministries on our campus. There were no women's ministries on our campus. And so there was a deep kingdom need. And so Ken's and I stepped into that. There was a huge opportunity. And when there is opportunity, God does incredible things. And so Mm. we got to watch what happened. Um, when we stepped into that opportunity. And I think oftentimes when we discern our calling, we think it's something really private and we don't allow other people into it. But I think a really beautiful part of the process is paying attention to what other people see in us too. And so this is a really beautiful time where I got to join up with Ken's and I remember calling my parents and being like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this and like all this stuff or even like some of the campus ministry people on our campus and a lot of support came along it of like, yeah, there's a need go for it, go for it, go for it. Mm. And um, so those are just three questions that you can begin to ask yourself. So the number one is affinity. What people needs do I resonate with? Number two, ability. What are my abilities and deficiencies? I think it's also important to know, like, what are you not good at? <laughs> because <laughs> <Yeah>. if the <laughs> need is uh, building things and you're, you have no idea how to do that, you might, that might, might not be your need. Um, and then number three, where <laughs> does the community tell me that I'm needed? Um, where is there actually opportunity? Affinity, mm. ability, and opportunity. And so these are just three questions that you can begin to kind of wrestle through and process through. Um, and then, and I think about like our own journey of discovering what it was that God was calling us to. It's not like we got, like you answered the three questions and then the the answer came, it was like, it revealed the right next step. And then the right next step revealed the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And here we are 10 years later in Mm. the center of our calling, but we didn't know it, you know, when we were (laughs) sophomores in college. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I've told this a million times, but we've been at this now for so many years, like almost 10 years now. I think we often think too, like I talk to people who are like, I want to do what you're doing. And I'm like, well, you know, you start way back when 10 years ago, like step one, and I really do, it is baby steps. We aren't going to just reach the end goal in one day. Sure, we can have that vision and we might have clarity on that vision right away, but you might not. Like we couldn't have told you exactly what this was going to look like now. We had an idea, but we, it started really small. And so, yeah, I love this. This is so practical. I think one key point here is, um, you know, this is discerning these questions with God. (laughs) And that's a key thing with God. Um, And I don't want to like totally over spiritualize it. Like it doesn't need to be like just all the be in the word of God every second of every day and pray and journal and never not do that. But I really do believe that the most brilliant ideas, the, the kingdom needs, the big revelations for me, for you, Mac, they've come like they've come in moments where we've been so close to Jesus. And yeah. maybe it hasn't even been like in our quote unquote quiet time. Like maybe it doesn't just come like during that one hour period of time, but it but it comes when we're we're in a season of just deep intimacy with our father. And so for you, like if you just have felt disconnected from God or you've really haven't had any routine with him, or you feel like you just like don't even feel him or don't feel connected with him. That's probably step one is to just get there and focus on that. Um, And with that relationship, I just do think it's a daily walk. And through that, you, you will like, you will receive the most brilliant revelations. You'll, you'll know your unique calling. You'll see the needs in a more, in a kingdom lens. So don't do this apart from him or without him or in seasons where you just feel so distant from him like do it yeah when you're next to him so 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, with Jesus calling the disciples. Um, yeah. When Jesus called the disciples, he didn't say, hey, come and follow me because, you know, in three years, you're going to run this movement. Like, you're going to be in charge, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That yeah. was not what he said. Uh-uh. He's like, you're going to have a secure job at the end of this. You know, <laughs> he said, hey, come and follow me. That was it. And then through that time of them walking with Jesus, things were revealed along the way. Their gifts were pulled out. Their their insufficiencies were pulled out. Jesus had to correct them and challenge them and say, no, 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 not that. You know, no, 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 not that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure as they went on, there was just so many things that as they learned about Jesus, they learned about themselves. And um, that's what led them to the thing that Jesus called when he said, hey, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm sure they were still terrified out of their mind. But then as they got to step that next step of obedience and that next of obedience and recall back upon the ways that Jesus had shaped them during his time with them. Um, And then the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came and that led to all sorts of amazing, crazy, beautiful things. And that's the same spirit that lives within us that helps us to walk out our callings today. And so um, it's cool that we're not that different from Peter and Nathaniel Mm -hmm. and Andrew (laughs) walking out the callings that Jesus has called us to. So, um, Yeah, I hope this conversation is encouraging and helpful for you. Um, And I hope it takes some of the pressure off not to have to know (laughs) what it is that you're supposed to do the day you graduate college or when you're a grown up finally and and what (laughs) you're supposed to be doing day in and day out. I think we know what we're supposed to do. We're called to to go to Jesus, to become more and more like him every day, and then to go and tell other people about him and to love people the way that he would. And so you don't have to have a calling, a, you know, big, big calling to know what your everyday small calling is. And so I love that. And I think that's so encouraging that along that journey, there's so much to do every step of the way. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. So fun. I love it. I hope you guys took some good notes, wrote down those questions and can really apply this to your life and your season. Um, I'm excited for that. Um, Mac, why do I look 12 shades tanner than you? This is weird. Like (laughs) you, I look like I just got roasted in the baking sun and then I'm about to have so many wrinkles, but you're not, why is the I think it's, I think it's I mean I'm covered. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> also I don't tan my face, so my face is not tan. Oh no. I don't have any makeup on. So I know. I'm just a mess over here. This is funny. <laughs> you look great, Kens. You look great. All Thank right. You. Well, we're gonna be back next week for another conversation um surrounding the book of John. We cannot wait. And make sure you head to our website for the girl.com, grab a John study, grab some cute merch while you're at it. And uh we can't wait to chat with you guys next week. We love you. Bye.